You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 116. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 116. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, pod people. Amy here, and we have a little bit of a different format for you here on the show. So I've kicked Mr. Smith out, and I know you guys are going to be hitting me up on Insta being like, what the fuck? Where's Mr. Smith? But we actually have a really exciting guestie on the show who happens to be my bestie, And we're going to school your ass on a bunch of shit around self-love. So I would love for you to give a warm welcome to Andrea Owen. Yay! (laughs) Well, and I have to – I totally thought Mr. – it was going to be the three of us that Mr. Smith was going to be here. Oh. I'm really disappointed. He's still really pissed off that he can't come to Triple T Retreat. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Mr. Smith. I was all excited because I wanted to. Um, I wanted to do the Would You Rather. Well, you could you could do the Would You Rather segment if you'd like. He won't mind. (laughs) Well, as long as he doesn't get completely booted out, I'm sure. Uh, does your audience know that I sometimes randomly send him "Would you rather" voxes? Oh yeah, because he <laughs> he always says this "Would you rather" is coming courtesy of Andrea Owen from Your Kickass Life, and then he always tries to give you props, but he messes up. So- <laughs> I think I heard that one, like the Kickass Project or something. Yeah, he'll say like Kickass Project, and I'm like Kickass Project. Yeah, or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, um, so that's not it, but you're adorable. <laughs> a for effort. But it's cute, you. you know, like he really yeah, it tries, is he really tries to make sure that he gives you credit. So yeah, so welcome. We haven't done a joint podcast in a while. I'm I'm excited to have you here. It's fun. It's fun. Well, maybe I mean we could just do a whole podcast with you and I having a hilarious conversation about food and about Harry, about Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey on <laughs> it's a simple question I know I would if the moon was made of cheese would you eat it hey now we all know that the moon is not made of green cheese but but what if it were made of barbecue spare ribs would you eat it then and as Mr. Smith likes to tell us you two are the only ones who find you funny hey <laughs> Hey! How about this mad cow disease? Well, it was here for a while, then it went away. Your thoughts? I was afraid you'd choose mad cow. Oh, good. I was worried you'd choose mad cow. Oh, my God. All right. So, we're fast forwarding. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. They're like, skip ahead 15 seconds. We do have a ton of stuff that we're going to share with you. And we're going to talk a lot about this concept around self-love and around like, what the hell is this shit? Like, we see it all over personal development and, and little memes on Insta or Facebook. And I think there's a disconnect between stuff that we might double tap or like on Facebook or share and the actual real world implementation. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. But I would love, before we jump in, for you to just tell people what the hell you do. Like, what do you help people with? Well, currently I eat copious amounts of almond butter, but that's not what you're asking. I heard that. (laughs) Oh my God. The struggle is real. I do love me some almond butter, but um, I am a life coach and mentor and I help super high achieving women uh, let go of their bitchy inner critics and perfectionism and step into courage and confidence. It's fun. Nice. Join me. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And so where can people find you if they decide that they love you as much as I do? Yourkickasslife.com. Got it. Right on. And if you guys are listening, you'll find that in the show notes as well. So let's talk a little bit about this. And so what we thought we would do is share with you three things that tend to get in people's way around these concepts around self-love and then what we can actually do about it. So we're just going to kind of shoot the shit and have an open an open discussion about it. And But before we do that, did you want to do a Would You Rather? I have one. Ooh. I'm actually interested in what you would pick because I think this is going to be a re- this is going to be difficult for you. Okay. I don't know though. Would you rather? Okay. <clears throat> would you rather? And part of this is one that I told Mr. Smith, so he may have already used it. Would you rather change your household decor oh. to something that you hate for five years? Jesus. Or for 30 days, eat nothing but s'mores and Rice Krispie treats. (laughs) These are both. Okay, so we did use the s'mores and Rice Krispie treats, but we did it with a different, another would you rather. So um, see, this is really hard because it goes against two very strong core values, one around health and wellness and one around adornment and decoration because I can't. Oh, my God. So, like, if you really don't – I don't know this about you, but I would make up that you really don't like, <clears throat> like, the Santa Fe motif. Nothing against it, but I just don't think it's for you. It's – no, it's definitely not for me. Like, Adobe, like, Adobe-looking shit like that, like, real deserty. Like, yes, like, like, cactus and – And, like, a wolf howling. Like this. And, like, a Mexican blanket hanging on the wall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So I, but the idea of eating that much sugar and that might kill you, it might kill me or, or give me like a disease like diabetes or something like that. I think I would actually choose the decor. (laughs) Five years is a long time. That's a long ass time, but I think I could self-talk my way out of it. Like this is only temporary. This is, (laughs) you have a mantra. You're making a conscious choice about your health. You use your t- tools. Use your tools. I would use my fucking tools. What would you pick? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's not about me. 
<laughs> I would probably do the same. And my worst decor would be like, remember in the 80s and some nail salons still have those pictures of like the women with like the short black hair and it's like like the red lipstick. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a cartoon almost. Like Yeah. A- yeah and she's got like long pink nails. <laughs> And like the pastels, so it was like late '80s, early '90s. The house that my we, we lived in when I was in high school was like that. I mean, not with those pictures, but like the dusty rose and light gray, oh. with like the fake flower, like the fake um, yes, flower arrangements. Yes, with, with like pillars and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, that was our. We had white couches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! My my mom's decor growing up was all like a, a blue and a peach and it was all geese like ducks <laughs> and geese it was horrible oh my god my poor mom all right yes decor so, all right moving so on please don't leave everybody um we, we, do, we really are smart we really do have some shit to share so okay so we were brainstorming between you and i and i think we could probably come up with a ton of different pitfalls in self-love or things that people get kind of unsure about or get in their own way. And I think something that you and I both do really well is looking at the real world application. And so what do we actually do about it? So the Mm -hmm. first thing, and I see this all the time, is separating your circumstance from this overall picture of self-love and self-worth. So what I mean by that is you'll take a situation where let's say somebody breaks up with you or you don't get a job that you just interviewed for or you know fill in the blank. You get overlooked for a promotion and it's one isolated incident and then you make up this whole big story about this perspective of who you are like I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I can't value myself, and it really interferes with your relationship to who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? <clears throat> well, I think I, I think a lot of things about that, but I think that you pointed to something really important because for one thing, it's easy to love yourself when things are going great. Yes. The real challenge is when shit hits the fan. Yeah. And so I think that I think a lot of what that entails is that we get really caught up in and I know you talk about this a lot to your people. We get really caught up in what others think. So I think that that might be the first step in looking at that is like, are you really disappointed? Like you might very well be disappointed that you didn't get the job. But is there a huge aspect of that where you feel feelings around what other people are going to think because you got dumped, because you didn't get the job, because of whatever circumstance happened. Yeah, absolutely. And the easiest way to find that out is just to take out a piece of paper and write, what am I making this mean? Mm -hmm. And just see what comes out, you know? And a lot of times you'll find out that you're making one isolated incident, one piece, one small snippet of your life mean that you're a failure. And so if you look at, like, let's say you don't get the job, right? And 
you're looking at this and you're going, okay, what I'm making this mean is that I'm a failure, I'm incompetent, I'm not enough, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times we go to the not enough, not smart enough, not competent enough, not educated enough, no, da, 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 da. But then you, if you look at this big scheme, this big picture of your life, there's probably a shit ton of evidence to support that you are enough. That you are, right. All these other situations, circumstances, situations, you know, that are saying, look at, you are enough. You are competent. You are intelligent. But rarely do we focus on that. That's an exercise I give my clients and my people in my classes all the time is to sit down and make a list of everything that you've accomplished. And people are like, what, what, what? Yeah. No. And the list is pretty lengthy. Like even if you just focused on the last six months, but we, we don't. Right. No, we don't. And that really is also very indicative of this perpetual chase that we do where I think you and I were just talking about this the other day where it also interferes with you celebrating any sort of accomplishment because you kind of go, okay, well, maybe I got this job, but it's still not, I'm still not making as much as I want, but I'm still, I still haven't made partner or I still haven't had this. And so you don't even get to enjoy what you're going through in the moment because you're in this constant chase for the next thing. And a lot of that comes down to your relationship to yourself. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I can even think of an incident, uh, incidents where I did that not that long ago, you know, when my book came out and it was so overwhelming. And I think this goes to, you know, if anyone follows Brene Brown's work, this, this falls into the category of, of, of foreboding joy it was so difficult for me to lean into the joy of the whole circumstance that I just was like, I think I'm just not, I'm just, I'm just going to like shut this out. Okay. What's the next project that I have to do? And like, and you were there going like, what, what is, what is happening with you? Right. And so I think it was, cause it was like a lifelong dream and it was like such a big event. It was too, too much to bear. And the thought of being that vulnerable to actually celebrate it and lean in and acknowledge my own accomplishment was way too much. But, um, yeah, I'll just end there because I could go I could go off. <laughs> but I think but I think the biggest piece there for you was seeing that because I think in a lot of other situations in your life, you would have just shut it down and not acknowledged it and on to the next thing. On to the next project. But because of the work that we do and you know, we've kind of called ourselves out, you know, once you get, I was just telling a student yesterday, I'm like, welcome to personal development because now you have this awareness. And in that situation, it's like, you can't get away with it anymore. Now, if you know you're hiding or you're shutting down, you actually have to deal with it. And, you know, yes, I think it's, I think it's good to point out too, like that, that stage of what you just mentioned, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this before, but I think that there is some real almost I don't know if grieving is the right word, but it can definitely be a lonely place when you get to that stage where you become aware. And I think a lot of our listeners are probably in that space where, you know, they, they listen to what we say on the podcasts and, and on social media and stuff like that. And then they come to this awareness piece maybe just what we're talking about, separating yourself from circumstances versus who you are. And then you realize that it's kind of the metaphor we use, like turning the lights on in the kitchen. You can't unsee the mess that you just saw. You can't go back 
to where you were before. You can't go back to that person that you were before. And I think that it's good for people to kind of acknowledge that because I remember feeling really lost in that place and just kind of like, was I happier? Being in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And in the big picture, no, you're not. But when you're in that like gray area stage, I think that it's important for people to know that it is fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And if you're there, you're exactly where you need to be. Right. And, and then that's part of it. So, okay. So let me ask you this, because I've got a couple of ideas. If you find yourself in this place where you, you really are collapsing one isolated incident, I mean, it could even be dealing with your in-laws and you failed miserably or, um, anything where there's one isolated chapter, circumstance, or situation, and you go, this must mean I'm not worthy of love, or Mm -hmm. this must mean I'm not enough. You're taking a tiny situation, equating it with this huge picture of who you are. So one of the things that, that I always highly advocate, and I would love to hear your ideas or solutions for what they could do if they find themselves in this place, but one of the things that I always say is give yourself the chance to mourn. So if you didn't get the job that you really wanted, or you just got dumped, or you just went through an egregious situation with your in-laws or your parents, or something didn't pan out the way you actually wanted it to pan out, you're, you're allowed to be sad. In fact, Mm -hmm. let yourself be sad. Like actually recognize Man, I really wanted that to happen and it didn't. And I'm bummed about that, not and I fucking suck as a human. Right. Those are two very 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 different things. And I had a situation where and I've shared with the, shared this on the pod before where I went to an audition and I really really wanted a specific role and I didn't get it. And I actually thought it was in the bag. I thought for sure I was going to get it. And I was, it was like a punch in the gut. And so the next day, I just let myself cry and be sad and bummed out and feel the feeling of the loss. And at the same time, knowing that I was mourning the loss of not getting something I wanted, not sad because I thought I was a shit human. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's one of my huge things, huge actionable things you can actually do. I, I love that. And I, I for sure, I think I think that it's such a – and you and I have talked about, you know, the next time we teach a class, that's like going to be part of it is like the whole – we call it the glass case of emotions is of actually <laughs> feeling it because we, we often don't. We don't grow – most of us don't grow up in families where that's encouraged. It's right. like there's no emotional literacy. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a family like that. I know yours was different, but I grew up in the typical American family where we didn't have the language of emotions. So we just didn't. Um, but I, I think what you're pointing to and it's and I, I feel like I can't talk about this without naming shame because this is something that resonates with my people. And anytime you're talking about worthiness, it's directly related to shame. So in the what you're talking about and what I've learned what in my training of the daring way is that when you get into those places of let's let's use the example of not getting the job that you wanted it's a, you've been triggered when you go into that place of i'm i'm stupid i must be incompetent i'm never going to get this job that i want so what's happening there is that you've been triggered and so in order to 
work your way out of those holes, I think it's really important to know what your triggers are. And in our whole like personal development world, we hear over and over again, it's like, just don't worry about what other people think. And, you know, we hear like these quick fix tools and that's really not how, the, how it works. And then right. I see people end up feeling worse about themselves because they can't let go of what other people think. And so one of the most powerful exercises that I have found is, is learning your triggers by figuring out what it is. And it, and it's kind of easy to do this when you think about a time where you have been in that feeling. So using the example of not getting the job. So just to take out a piece of paper and write down, like in terms of your work and your career, how do you want to be perceived by the world? And typically people want to be perceived as very competent at the top of their game, getting promoted, um, extremely experienced, reliable, like all these really amazing things. And so truth be told, we're going to fall short because we're human beings. We're going to maybe face getting fired. We're going to not get jobs. We're going to get passed up for promotions. We're going to make mistakes at work. And when we don't meet these, like this list of expectations and criteria that we've probably subconsciously created for ourselves, we are extremely vulnerable to feelings of shame and feelings of unworthiness. And so I just, I think that it is just kind of ridiculous to expect us to completely let go of what other people think. It's possible to work through it when it happens because it's going to happen. And, um, and it's like, we're, we're kind of in a sense, like always striving for perfectionism and at least like extreme excellence. And that's, we're humans and that's not going to happen. So I think that like knowing when you're in it, like, oh, okay, here's what's happening. And then practicing a way to, like you were saying, like feel your feelings. And like what I always tell people is share your story with with someone who's earned the right to hear it. And, and there are specific things you can do to work your way out of the hole because inevitably we're all going to fall in it. Right. A lot. Well, and I think something that really, really gets in people's way around some of this advice, like to actually feel your feelings and mourn and cry. Everybody has, or I would say a majority of people have this visceral reaction where like, nope, that's not the answer. I'd rather just drink a lot. Or I'd rather just try to get somebody to say nice things about me or get it externally or numb out or hide or isolate. Or, you know, we very rarely want to do what it actually takes because we're programmed to do otherwise. You know, I mean, think about any time somebody tears up What's the first thing people say? Oh my gosh, don't cry. Don't be sad. Don't cry. Don't feel your fucking feelings. Or the person crying apologizes. Right. So we're programmed to get all fucking uncomfortable around emotion. So no wonder you don't want to mourn. It's way easier to just beat yourself up and say, look at what a, look at what a fuck up you are. Uh-huh. Than actually sit in the glass case of emotion. Um, which, by the way, I hope you guys know that that reference. Ron, where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. Um, They don't. (laughs) They will now. (laughs) Yeah, they will now. But these are the things that are the challenge. And this is what, why you and I talk a lot about this vulnerability piece that it can be scary as fuck to actually just let yourself be bummed the fuck out about a situation that didn't go the way you want, wanted to. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to do all these behaviors that we've 
becomes conditioned to use as a defense mechanism or as false comfort. Mm -hmm. So if you can start conditioning yourself to actually process, you know, whether it's pulling out a sheet of paper and writing like, what am I making this mean? Or what you said, how do I want to be perceived? Or actually setting up a time in your schedule to ball your eyes out. You know, I've, <laughs> I've done that for clients before where I've said, do, get a situation where you get your kids out of the house and where you know that you're safe and private and put on a movie or music that you know always brings up emotion and let yourself wail and just get it all out in the privacy of your own home. Um, so it's almost like controlled emoting, <laughs> right? Because it's a baby step. Yeah. Yeah, it is for sure. So let's talk about this other thing. So number two, I see this a lot too, and I think this can be really exemplified in the podcast space. And that is thinking that self-love is something I can just read about, listen to on a podcast, see a little meme and be like, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then actually not doing anything about it. <laughs> right? Because it's hard. Right. It is hard. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, it's all fun and we run around, like, throwing daisies through fields. Right, right. Um, I, I just – I think that it's – you know, just to clarify, too, for people that it's not one of those things that is a destination. It is a daily practice where we are faced with experiences – and situations where we are called upon yes. to practice self-love. Yes. So it's not about the consuming of information. Like we are clearly in a place where we have a ridiculous amount of knowledge, information at our fingertips. It's the apps on our phone. It's everywhere in social media. It's, I mean, we're inundated with it. What we don't see a ton of is application, actual change. And I, I do the same thing uh, because I'll listen to podcasts while I'm working out or <laughs> while I'm cooking or in a space where I can't necessarily say, here's when I'm going to implement what I just learned. Um, and we were talking about this beforehand and I was saying it's a lot like reading a book on Pilates. That's it's not going to give you a rock and bod. You're like, right. I see how to do the 100. Okay. <laughs> got it. I think I got the form. Right. Well, and I, I think too, and just a baby step there for people that are like, oh my God, panicked now. I think that kind of the first step in, in the process is to, when you're faced with a situation and maybe you're kind of like, it's over or you're you know halfway through it and you, you realize where you have not implemented. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think that that's a great step right there. You know, I don't want that to be it for you, but I, I definitely think, and you know, you and I do this all the time. We look back, I especially look back in my twenties and think of incidences and I'm like, oh, I definitely could have handled that differently. <laughs> sure, 
sure. that whole year, you know, or um, even just, you know, conversations with my husband or something. It's like, here's where I didn't show up. The great news is that especially when something happened that involves another person is that you, you know, P.S., you always have the opportunity to circle back yeah. and right your wrongs or, or clean up your messes. Yep. But I think if it's a if it's a scenario that just involves you, even if you come to the realization and awareness of knowing what happened, knowing where you could have done better and making a commitment to do differently in the future when the opportunity arises. I think that is huge progress. Absolutely. Well, and I tell people all the time, a lot of times you realize things after the fact. Oh, yeah. And then you have to do what I call declaring a do-over, which is what you just were talking about. And you go, okay, Next time, here's what I'm going to do differently. But if we're talking about receiving new information, like let's say you're listening to this podcast right now and you're on your way to work and you're going, mm-hmm, some good ideas. Ooh, yeah, I do that. Oh, that, yeah, blah, blah, blah. One of the most, one of the easiest ways that you can start creating change is by pulling your calendar out and actually putting it something in your calendar. So let's say it is... You know, I, I realize I really need to mourn. Like I haven't let myself been bum- been really bummed out about this one thing. Or I realize that I haven't given my time to celebrate this one thing that I accomplished. Or I've never written out a list of all of the things that I'm proud of myself for. Open up your calendar and set a date with yourself. And that's one way you know that you can actually start that implementation process, because I will tell you what, everything that matters, everything that's a priority in your life is on your fucking calendar. Mm -hmm. So if you want to make it important, you have to schedule it in. Even if it's something like, I'm going to take an hour just to read for myself. You know, that will be a step of self-love. Plan it. Schedule it. Yeah. I did that recently because my daughter is my youngest and she just started kindergarten and I, we went to open house about four or five days before the first day of school. And I walked into her kindergarten class for the first time. And then I was sort of sideswiped by the grief and mourning that my youngest is going to be in school full time. And, you know, I've been so caught up in the busyness of summer and getting them ready for school and, and really just excited that I was going to have freedom to work more without paying for childcare and all those great, the pros that go along with it. So I get completely sideswiped. And then what I had done is I told myself like, okay, if I get all emo on the first day of school, I'm going to let myself be that way because the me 10 years ago would have been like, nope, I need to suck it up. I need to be stoic. I need to be strong because I always get praised for being the strong one, which is a whole nother episode. But I, that's how I used to be. And now I'm like, no, this is real. Like my body was telling me something when I walked into that kindergarten classroom. And so I make a conscious effort to listen to my body. And when I dropped her off at kindergarten on the first day, I barely held it together walking back through the hallway because I didn't want to scare all the other kids you're like ugly cry face of emotion so I waited until I got in the Volvo yeah and I cried yeah and maybe like because I knew it was coming it came easier you know what I mean it's it it just I don't know it it, I, I totally agree with that exercise though yeah yeah well that's how you take something abstract and you make it you know applicable or in the applied you've got to get it you got to decide what it looks like, 
Like, what is it that you, what is the action step? And then just get it on your calendar in some way. But that is a great example of understand. It's just awareness. Like, here's what I would have done in the past. And here's what I'm choosing to do out of self-care. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, speaking of all of this, speaking of all of the real world application and consciously creating change through action, we, the two of us actually are going to be doing an online workshop coming up uh, that we would love to invite you to. How much does it cost? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, it's actually complimentary, no cost, free, <laughs> zip, zilch. And the reason we wanted it to be a workshop is exactly this. Not just you show up and listen to us and it's a good idea, but that there's actual action steps to be taken. There's worksheets. There's things to write out. And, make and you get us live if they can make the time. Exactly. And make some changes. We don't want you to just listen to us and think it's awesome. We want you to do things differently. So, mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about more of these things. Four major elements that people don't realize is majorly sabotaging their self-love and their relationship to, to who they are. And these aren't repeat lessons that we're talking about here. It's new stuff. Oh, yeah. Completely brand new. In fact, we've never taught it before. Um, Not this. Together. So if you want to register for, again, a completely free online workshop, just text the word register to 66866 or you can visit theselfloverevolution.com and you just sign up for it and you'll be good to go and you'll get all of the details via email and you'll be able to actually start getting into action around some of this stuff, getting some direction about how to apply it to your life. Some direction. I like how you said that. Get some direction. Yeah, there's sometimes when I say certain words that they just come out differently. You just were thinking of the word erection. Oh, probably. Probably. Oh, guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Boners. (laughs) (laughs) You said boners. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, little little went a little sideways that way. Oh, yes, for a second. All right. So number three, another thing that I see people kind of get arrested in is really focusing on the wrong shit in your life. And this is really about choice of focus. Uh, perception and perspective, really. So it's very simple. And it can be summed up as focusing on all the shit you don't want versus the stuff that you do want. And this can majorly influence your relationship to self and how kind you are to yourself. Because everybody, everybody knows that one person that no matter what's going on in their life, they're fucking pissed off. Right. <laughs> You're like, how are you doing? And they're like, um... Eh. Well, this is going wrong, and I have this bill, and my car broke down, and you're like, I super don't want to talk to you, ever. And my poop is runny. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't get an erection. (laughs) So, first of all, I have to say, if you're going, oh, that's totally me, welcome to the club. We're programmed that way. I mean, we, we just are. You don't see a lot of people walking around 
being like, you know what? My car broke down, but I'm really, really thankful that I live in a country where I have freedom. <laughs> or, you know, walk up to somebody and immediately they're like, here's what's working in my life. Right, right. <laughs> I broke my we toe live in a culture. Morning. We live in a culture of scarcity. We all do it. Right. And so this is also a piece of the personal development puzzle of consciousness, awareness, and choice. Um, I have a great kind of anecdote about this that Mr. Smith and I have shared before, and it's around relationship stuff. So everybody, I think all women out there can relate to this. If you have a decent amount of hair, it always ends up in a nice pile on (laughs) I know yours ends up in the drain in the shower. <laughs> Mine is like this nice big black fur ball sm- slacked, smacked up against the side of the glass. <laughs> yes. Right? Mine's which, right next to my shampoo. <laughs> which, which for most men is probably one of the most nasty things that they can see <laughs> their woman do, right? So this has been a point of contention for myself and Mr. Smith. So he had asked me, can you ch- just please make sure that you remove your gigantic nasty ass <laughs> hairball after your shower. So I work on it day in and day out, day in and day out, all the time, all the time, all the time. And then one time I forget and he sees it and he, so he had a very conscious choice of what he wanted to focus on. He could focus on the fact that, oh, this is so gross and nasty and really make a big deal out of it. Or he could focus on the shit that he actually does want. And so he told me, he said, hey, babe, I noticed that you left your hair in the shower today. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I usually am so good about it. And he said, no, 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 no. I realized that the only reason I noticed this was because you do this for me every single day, every single day. So his conscious choice in that moment was to focus on what he did want to gather evidence, to support the good instead of the bad, which is monumental in relationships, obviously, Mm -hmm. as you can see. But it's also the same is true in anything else. Like we were talking about at the top of the call, focusing on this job that maybe you didn't get or the promotion you didn't get or the audition that you failed or whatever, instead of look at all these other amazing accomplishments I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just want to add to this one is this one is really challenging for most people. And this is kind of like a one day at a time thing. And, you know, it's funny, Amy and I are in a mastermind with a couple other of our colleagues. And, you know, we decided that from now on, every time we meet, we're going to start each call with everybody talk about what's working in their business because it's so easy to go into, okay, here's, here's what the problem is. And it's fine, you know, cause we're there to help each other with the problems, but it can, it can create, um, an energy of lack and scarcity and those types of things. So it's, yes. I, I think I just wanted to acknowledge like how challenging it can be and that it definitely is something that all of us have to work on. We're just, we're so conditioned and programmed to, to do the opposite and to, to live in a culture of fear and scarcity. I want to say something really quick because we have that hair drama too. Um, oh. And Jason, I think I've told you this before. I'm, I've been a lot better at it, but for a while I wasn't. And he would at least wait until it was dry. Okay. And so he, what he would, in our old house that we lived in, there was double sinks and they were right next to each other. So he would take the hair and leave it like right near my sink when the fucking trash can (laughs) my husband can be a little passive aggressive 
I'm trying to get him to hang out with Mr. Smith more often. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're working on that. We're working on that. I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. It, it, well, so as it relates to this, one of the easiest ways to catch yourself in this focus arena is when you feel like shit. When you have anxiety. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you're bitching about um, how you got looked over for a job or you're bitching about how somebody was mean to you or you're really upset over how something went with your family and you really don't feel good, you can always ask yourself, what am I focused on? And what Just would, get curious. Yeah. And what would I rather be focused on? Mm-hmm. It's very, very simple. And again, like you said, it, this this one takes a hot minute to really work on. I still get <laughs> sideswiped by it all the time. Yeah, and I think too that it's um, it is it's just about getting curious and to also kind of a side note, but it really, really is related is to what what's going on with your self talk because nine times out of ten you're probably beating yourself up over something that's making you not feel good. And I know what a lot of people tell us when they come to our classes or they, uh, or they start, you know, listening to our, our podcasts and stuff they're when they start to get curious and aware is they say, like, I never realized how much I was living in that space, living in the space of focusing what I didn't want, living in the space of talking shit to myself, living in the space of fear and scarcity. Mm-hmm. And so again, this goes back to what we were saying like 15 minutes ago about, it is turning the lights on. It is really, and all it takes is to get curious. It's like, okay, why have I just eaten eight Oreos at 10 o'clock at night? Why am I lashing out at someone who really didn't deserve it? Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the time it comes back to you and what you're focusing on and what your perspective is in that moment. Right. And one of the other things about all of these different tools is that you will have to pick a new one in every single moment. So for instance, you might be in a situation where you feel like shit and what you really need to do is just grieve your eyes out. You know what I mean? And really (laughs) mourn, 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 mourn. And then maybe you're in a situation where you've been doing that. You have been feeling like shit and you're sick of it. And you, what you really need to do is choose a new focus and decide to focus on something else. So a lot of, I love to say personal development is called personal for a reason because it's fucking personal. Mm -hmm. So there's a different solution in each moment. And so what you were talking about just a second ago, I think one of the, the easiest questions just to ask yourself is what is really going on here? You know, what am I really craving? Why was I really pissed at that person? You know, what is really going on here? And like you said, leaning into curiosity. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, good stuff today, Owen. Way to bring your A game. I tried. You know, <laughs> I didn't drink today, so that's a good thing. <laughs> didn't get drunk. Well, that's good. Um, so we would really, really love to have you join us for our workshop. Uh, again, all you've got to do to be all registered and set to go is to text the word register to 66866 or you can just swing by the selfloverevolution.com and get your ass to class. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. And of course, if you can't make it, um, there will be a recording, but we are going to give away some prizes to people that show up for the call live and that can make uh, the recording within a few days. So 
if you want to win cool prizes from Andrea and Amy, then try to make it live or listen to the recording shortly after. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so very much, uh, Andrea, for being on the show. And so I totally forgot to tell you that I need you to do the sign off. Do you remember it from before? Um, no. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So I say, here's to loving and living your most badass life. And then you say, Amy and Andrea out. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to edit that out? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got it ready. All I right. Like, oh, it's short. <laughs> uh, this is what we call a presentation pitfall. Um, all right. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Amy and Andrea out. <laughs> <laughs>